Hello and welcome to the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. My name is John. I am not Marty, but alongside me today I have Dave. Oh. And Aaron. Hey. Guys, our fearless leader is nowhere to be seen because he's currently somewhere stagging around Edinburgh um, on a, a lovely holiday with his wife and his father-in-law. Um, he he, he managed a fit. few weeks with you not being in the country is what's happening. And he's decided to take an entire week to get to get his fill of John in Scotland. Not even, not even that. He, he, he even had to call in here today um, to, to get his, as you say, his fill of me. Um, so so we'll say so we'll say um, guys it's been a couple of weeks since the last podcast um, we've started to see some hockey being played in anger now um, Dave how how are things how's how's the family how's the, the hockey going for you just now uh, great um, we'll obviously be talking about the games uh, the game sorry from, from last week very soon um, we'll talk about a bit more but yeah it's just a bit of the same more um you know, getting back to September, family stuff, kids, school, blah, 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 blah. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Aaron, much the same for you, I expect? Much the same. Um, son's way out to primary school, P1 this year, scary which is, was, a, was a scary biscuits. For, um, that's been going great, though. Um, even for me, I started a new job. That was good back in cyber. Um and uh, it's been going great. I booked two trips to Boston this today, so I have. So uh, I'm away to check um, after this pod what what games are on. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed they're going to be away. You can almost guarantee they'll be away. You get yeah. a Providence game in if you need to, like. Yeah. Good show. And there's plenty, plenty of really good colleges in the Boston area uh, who oh, are yeah, known yeah. to occasionally play in uh, in Belfast. So there's there's definitely going to be some kind of hockey for you to see when you're there. Uh, should Hopefully. be a cracker. Um, yourself, guys. Oh, um, great. Um, actually, nice, <laughs> nice week at work. Um, the someone has seen fit to give me a, a an extended long weekend this weekend. Um, so got. Monday off now, like uh, a vast many people do. Um, guys, it is worth mentioning. Uh, well, is it worth mentioning or is it not worth mentioning? We don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to mention it anyway. Um, guys, obviously, <laughs> the last week we had the passing of um, the, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, um, led to a little bit of controversy in the, the hockey world. Um, well, in the sporting world, let's say, with... Uh, a lot of sporting leagues deciding to uh, cancel or postpone games. The Elite League, along with a small number of other sports, however, decided to carry on and pay respects to the now former monarch by holding a, a two-minute silence and uh, the singing of the national anthem uh, before the games. Uh, that was obviously made more interesting with the fact that you had a Scottish derby uh, going on, uh, an opening weekend of the Elite League, where the, the anthem would not normally be played. Uh, and you had the Belfast Giants playing in Europe, which we're going to talk about later on. Um, but they they showed a, a mark of respect uh, before the game uh, anyway, as agreed with the CHL. Um, doesn't look like there'll be any further impact to sports or anything as we, we go forward. So that's, I suppose, a good thing uh, in itself. But uh, we do mark the moment, uh, the passing of the longest monarch to ever reign over uh, Great Britain uh, and Northern Ireland. So 
uh, I think without uh, dwelling too much longer on it, guys, I think we will. Will we get stuck into the first period of hockey? Let's do it, Dave. Dave, hit it. I double clicked when I should have single clicked. Definitely keeping that in. Um, Guys, in Marty's absence. I can't believe there was no. That's what she said. All going to pot. Marty's not here to keep us in check. Oh, I think it's Marty, the last Marty. time he took a break. <laughs> yes, yes. To be honest, the last time Marty was uh, taking a break, I think we thought, right, we'll get this done in an hour. I think about two and a half hours later, we ended up with the longest podcast we ever recorded. Um, hopefully we don't end up the same again, because the first person we'll hear about that from is going to be Mark and probably Campbell, but it's far too long. Um Guys, uh, I'm taking over period one uh, while Marty is off on his holidays. And we're going to start, as we absolutely should, by talking about uh, the CHL and the Giants. This past Sunday saw the Giants uh, take on European uh, competition uh, in the shape of Osilari Trinek. Um, The result was a shootout victory for the Belfast Giants. Um, guys, I got the chance to watch it on Free Sports. Dave, I believe you were at the game. I was. Uh, Aaron, yeah. were you were you there at the game or were you free sporting it? I was free sporting and jumping around my kitchen. Um, at, with we'll we'll get into that, so we will. <laughs> but yeah, we I will. was free sporting it. Um, Dave, you were obviously at the game. Um, it was exciting end-to-end hockey. The first period was probably on a par with any of the most exciting uh, Giants games we have seen at the SSE. Oh, yeah. um, and that includes other European nights, including the, the Conti Cup final. Uh, I think we were close to it. It's a shame the building wasn't a little bit more full um, for that um, game. The the game, um, yeah, okay, it wasn't, wasn't a sellout, but you would not have told that by the sound of the crowd. Um, it was it was bouncing, and um, the the entire the, the entire game can be summed up by the Giants five on three um, early in the second, might have been the end of the first, um, and it was just you know pure grit from start to finish, um, and it was uh, just a pure just a performance, probably um, a performance we haven't seen. In quite a while, considering that this is a team that beat the Giants what four nil um, at yep. the start of the CHL uh, competition. Um, there's a great uh, interview from from Adam and Adam Keefe, and he talks about uh, that he wasn't looking for a result; he was looking for a performance, and that's what he got. He got a performance, yep. and it was it was fantastic. And uh, I know we're going to talk about it, but a few. In my opinion, questionable calls from the from the refereeing uh, on it, and I, th- I have to say there's questionable calls on both sides, but the the ones against the Giants cost them uh, and cost them the the regulation win, um, uh, and it's not it's not pulling punches by saying that that is just a, it's a cold hard fact when you look at the the video. Yep. Um, well, Aaron, just uh, talking about that there then, uh, let's look at that. The tying 2-2 goal, the Giants were leading 2-1. Um, and there was uh, a tying goal from Trinek, 
Um, but the recordings of the, the game show a very, very clear hook on a Giants defenseman. Uh, referee is standing right behind the net in a perfect position to call the goal good, but he misses entirely the hook on the play. Um, is this double standards, European refereeing, or is it simply a mistake from the, the stripes on this one? Um, kind of as it's hard to say, you would love to say it was a mistake. Let's, it's always the uh, feel good about what's going on here, but as Dave said, there was a, quite a number of questionable calls. <laughs> so there was, so with with the number of questionable calls, it's it's. I, I would feel it's a bit dodgy. Yep. Yeah, there's a couple um, of things that happened in the in the game that would make me think that they were maybe trying to let the game flow, and then they suddenly went, "Oh, sure, we haven't called enough penalties in the last." We while let's let's get a few in and then they try and let it flow again and then that would happen because you get these wee flurries of penalties for both sides um in like quick succession uh, and it just seemed a bit unnatural if that makes sense it got not against the flow of the game um mm. and that's where you sort of see it you know it's and yes okay I I don't know what, how how you missed it but he's probably been looking at the line but you'd think. It wouldn't have taken much to realise what the heck was going on there. Like. Oh, exactly. Um, I just want to thank Ryan Bevan uh, for sending that through on Twitter and bringing that to our attention uh, as well. I know that like, even at the time I was uh, up and down uh, and being very quiet and occasionally having to step away from the screen myself uh, dealing with my little girl. So I think I missed this goal, uh, meaning that I missed that hook entirely. Um, Dave, you've probably got the excuse of the fact that it happened the way at the far end of the ice. Um Aaron, you've got absolutely no excuse. You said that you were engrossed <laughs> in the entire game, so you really should have brought no. that to our attention. Not, not a fan. Uh, so I'll be honest, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm bringing your podcast and uh, credentials into. Well, uh, now that you've seen, now that you've actually seen the video, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are that there were some interesting calls being made throughout that game. So very similar to Dave, uh, there were what now I was trying to find the game sheet. Uh, there quietly um, to figure out who it was. But a Giants player was thrown out for a check to the head during this game as well. Um, and that, to me, was a questionable oh. call. And that was done on video review, uh, which was clearly requested by Trinek. My query a... on this one is, why wasn't this if there was a question on it? Now, calling the ice is goal. You can clearly see it at the, at the moment of the goal. Calling the ice is goal. That's fine. A couple of the Giants players are looking at the ref. Now, surely if Trinek have got the option to call for a review on a check to the head, which, being totally honest, was not a check to the head. It was a clean shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder hit for me. Um, and I know that shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder hits, they, they've been, they've been coming up on social media this week um, with something that came out through a couple of um, hockey uh, social medias uh, through the week. I'll, I'll throw that video up for you guys. I'll throw a link on so you can have a look at it. Uh, just as we're chatting but um, that call I think that goal shouldn't have stood um, if there's any question about it um, now I will admit the Giants player does look like he tucks the stick under his arm uh, there's a little bit of back and forward between the two players anyway but it is a screen and it is in the direction where the puck comes from 
So mm-hmm. to me, that's a play altering hook. Um, and any query on that, that, that goal should have been washed. Uh, and it should have been a regulation win for the Belfast Giants. Me and Marty uh, on the night with the check to the head were dumbfounded about it because it it didn't really look like a check to the head from distance. It also took them a solid, say, two, three minutes after the check mm. to decide they were going to call it back. Um, and the refs didn't know. They took them forever to work out who the player was. So how can you say, oh yeah, it's a check to the head if you didn't know who did it? <laughs> like it's, yeah. you, you have to, you have to have looked at it properly. I think it was Tyler yeah. Soy. I think, I think it was. I was trying to find the um, game sheet, and, and which is also so out of character. You know, it's not his style of play. Um, but this is my happen, my but... thing about it is, and we we hear the argument every single time that an elite league team goes up against European opposition, that the European game is not a physical game. So the EIHL teams come undone because we play a North American physical game. Um, Now, that argument doesn't wash with me anymore because we've been taking part in European tournaments for a long time now. Coaches, and clearly the likes of Adam Keefe, are building teams that can compete domestically and play the physical game that is demanded by the Elite League, but with an eye to a competition like this and make sure that guys are drilled in a way that they're not going to get uh, on the wrong side of the stripes in these games. And the thing that gets me as well is like when you when you were watching that game, it did not feel any less physical of a game to watch. Like there it was very fast. Was, the pace was through the roof. Um wasn't as fast as the Davos game to be fair. But it was um still at a very high tempo and there was still big big checks being thrown. I'll agree um, that the physicality was there definitely and I think that no I don't know if this is on the part of the CHL that they've realized that there's a, a difference in the leagues. Clearly they are drawing officials from across the leagues that are taking part in the CHL. Uh, and we had Andy Dalton on the ice for this uh, CHL game, uh, a regular face in Belfast for elite league uh, and challenge cup games. Um, so there's, there's no argument there that maybe that game flowed and those, some of those hits were allowed because Andy Dalton was on the ice and he was wearing the the orange stripes uh, for that game. That being said, on the decision to throw uh, the Giants player, whether it was or wasn't Tyler Soy, the the referee who made the call was Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. That was after video review. So again, to me, there's there's something not quite adding up with all that. Um, But that being said, let's talk about highlights. Let's talk about Peyton Jones for a second. Dave, you were in the arena. Now, even watching on Free Sports uh, and seeing a couple of them, there were some magnificent saves during that game, especially during during the five-on-three penalty kill, uh, which resulted from the the check-to-the-head penalty, then a face-off violation uh, that came straight after it at the the reset of play. So it was a full two-minute Five on three that led on to an additional three minutes of four five on four. Um, Peyton Jones pulled that team by their ankles through those power those penalty kills. A hundred percent, he was the best best player on the on the ice that night. He played every minute, probably every second um, at the best one of the best performances I've seen for a, a Giants goalie uh, in a while, and that's even 
talking about Besco and stuff. Um, like he just seemed to be on a different level. Um, what I would say is is that the Giants team itself was blocking shots like it was a yep. playoff final. It this was, was a point I was going to make. It he, he was he was a wall, but so were some of the defense guys. They the were just that, throwing themselves. The stuff that was getting of... through to him were quality shots, but it meant he only had to worry about getting those quality shots. Everything else yep. was bouncing off Giants players left, right, and center. Yep. yep, and you you've both highlighted the the next thing that was on my list to talk about from this game, which was blocking shots and putting bodies in lanes. One guy yet again for another season is standing out already by putting his body on the line, and we know that it cost him the back end of his season last year, and that's Kevin Rain. Kevin Rain stood on his head again and was getting in the way of shots that nobody has any right of putting their body in the way of. Um, he is an absolute superstar um, when it comes to blocking shots. Uh, I know that last year with his Rainer Razor, um, the number of block shots that he had, um, which amounted to a, a monetary amount that went to uh, a couple of selected charities, uh, mental health charities last year, he cost some people an absolute fortune with blocking shots. <laughs> I would have to have at least like two meters of bubble wrap wrapped around me <laughs> to get me to stand in front of a puck being shot. Peyton got uh, <laughs> got hit in the clangers. Uh, oh. Early, early in the first, and it was ev- like the a collective groan from everybody <laughs> behind the net. I was like, <laughs> "So let's move on then to the shootout." Uh, shootout was a proper ding dong. Um, agree with it or don't agree with it um, about a, a way to finish a game. Um, there is no deny- denying that that was a fantastic bookend to that game. It would still be nice to see it settled by skaters on the ice, travelling up and down. Uh, but Peyton Jones once again showing his class in some of the stops that he made. And finally, with Mark Cooper uh, slotting home, I think in either round 11 or 12 of the shootout, um, when it so went to sudden you. death, um, absolutely fantastic from everyone involved uh, on that the, one but especially once again Peyton Jones the entire shootout was unreal any goals that were scored on that night against uh, Turek were all stellar um, their netminder I'm not going to try and pronounce his name um, is uh, was unbelievable and he's just pure class like stat wise it's, it's unreal like the some of the games he's played um, and he's, he's in that team and in the CHL for a reason and it's uh, yeah he he performed really well. I just think that, in my opinion, the Giants were just the better team on the night. Um, especially when you look at that shootout. You know, yes, we we scored we only scored one more as such, but like you come in after all that game and everything that was put on the line, first shot gets you a goal. You know what I mean? And that's that's how it all just ran from there. A few yeah, good yeah. blocks, but you know, once you started seeing a few go in, you knew the Giants were going to win. It. I wouldn't. Yeah. I probably um, wouldn't be the only person to walk to walk away from that game going. Well, I know what name I'm going to get on the back of my jersey this year. Yeah, another goalie cut jersey for the the Giants faithful. Um, Guys, just to round this off, I want to throw one interesting stat at you from that game. Uh, Going into that game, uh, Trinek were the leading PK team in the CHL with a 100% PK rate. They killed every penalty against them leading up to that game until they came up against the Belfast Giants. So just as an aside, if you're a Belfast if you're a Belfast Giants fan 
And like we have complained for the last couple of years about the uh, power play, there you go. We can score goals against the top penalty killing team in the CHL. There you go. Take that to the bank. Um, Dave, I'm going to come to you next. We are coming over to my side of the, the IRC here and over to the uh, Edinburgh Capitals and a familiar face is uh, yeah. going to lace up wearing the lion. The um, return of uh, Ross Dalglish to the Edinburgh Caps after an illustrious career that's taken them all over the United Kingdom, um, including a stretch for the Belfast Giants. Um, it'll be, uh, he's one of the names that you were sort of going, I always liked uh, like them in the lineup, he only played one season, and I think he only played away games. Um, I don't think he played any home games for the for the Giants, but it was uh, an injury plague season under uh, Doug Christensen, and it was um, he came in and he filled a big spot in the lineup, and uh, Ross was probably, in my opinion one of the guys that whenever you come into a team and you have to do something like that, it's really difficult. And he done a, a stellar job. Um, and he, he done a stint in the Panthers, I think, as well. Uh, and obviously, having played for um, the Caps as well. So it's really good to see these names that are still still knocking around. It makes me feel absolutely ancient that he's, uh, um, he's obviously younger than me at 34, but he's like a veteran talent going into that team, you know. Um, That's exactly but, uh, what I was yeah. going to ask you. Um, he, obviously, the the piece that we've seen from the Capitals uh, says at 34 years old, Ross will bring a wealth of experience on the lineup. Uh, so they're clearly looking at him being uh, a veteran leader guy. Guys, he's younger than all of us. Um, like I know I'm the baby of the podcast at 35, but that just makes you feel ancient. Like it's only a year. Yeah. Uh, on me, but there's a story the coming rent. up in the next in the next period that makes me feel even older. <laughs> good, good, can't wait. Um, but, yeah, it's probably important to mention as well that not only does he bring all that experience, he actually brings his name on a cup as well. The season that he spent with Nottingham, they won the Challenge Cup. That's true. Um, yes. So, and it'll be it's the old Challenge Cup too before. Uh, before it was lost and uh, the the Riddler's mind control device was uh, commissioned by the Elite League. Um, yeah, guy. So the... what's, what's, ha- what's happening with the Edinburgh Capitals then at the moment? Last, well, pod is, was, last pod I was, a... I joined, it was, there was talk of it. But yep. now so it's... that's what I was going to just kind of come on to there is the Caps are back. The Caps will be competing in the SNL this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been no no public chat anyway about the the caps stepping back up potentially to elite league um but i think it's fair to say that the expectation is there amongst the elite league fan base to see a team from edinburgh back in the elite league uh, and let's be honest i think the the feeling across the league is perhaps me reading too much into it is that they, we, we would prefer that to be in the shape of the capitals um mm. rather than the the team who basically kicked them out of their own rink um, a couple of seasons ago uh, and who no longer seem to be trading uh, after everything that went down uh, in the, the COVID area when they had their beef with the Dundee Comets. Um, so, yeah, they, they will be competing. I actually saw some chat from them on their social media. Um, their camp has begun 
uh, some SNL uh, games have been played already. I believe the Kestrels uh, here in Krakori are back on top already, defending their title. Um, I probably, I'll be honest, I probably will end up down at a couple of Kestrels games this year, um, mostly because they tend to do a lot better than the Flyers, uh, <laughs> and I'd rather, I'd rather pay the entry fee to watch the the Kestrels be successful than the Flyers be horrendous uh like they have been the last few seasons but look i'll give them time i'll give the flyers time it's the start of a new season um it could go really well for them could you're telling me that that giants jersey could become undying for a flyer absolutely not absolutely not um not not in the slightest um i may occasionally wear a kestrel's jersey i will not wear a flyer's jersey uh philadelphia or fife let me just say Uh, guys, with that, we wrap up the first period of hockey and we will move on to period two. Hello and uh, welcome to period two. Um, and I just want to comment see, still playing those videos, it's a single click, it's weird, it's not double click, it's single click to get those videos to play for the period break. Anyway, that seems that seems okay. Marty Marty's currently listening, going, and <laughs> just feels like it should be something that's a double click. But okay. <laughs> oh, is this why it, it played and then stopped earlier? Yeah, yeah. Right. I was trying to work out why it didn't work. What's the relevance? Everyone, of this? everyone who's currently listening is loving uh, uh, the insider uh, uh, chat about the podcast. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's all. That's it's all they've wanted to know. But never, we're always afraid to ask. You know. Um, How does he do that? It's a single. <laughs> Magic. Single click. <laughs> Hashtag single click. <laughs> Anywho, right. We will. I will do my story, and then we'll move on. John has kindly provided us a swath of pieces, um, but I will start with mine, um, and that is taking us to uh, over to uh, Calgary, to the Saddle Dome, which apparently is falling to pieces. Um, it's the second oldest arena in the NHL and oldest in Canada, uh, still in operation. 1986, 1985, something like that. Uh, it, it was erected, but apparently the uh, mortar um, is starting to crumble and break away, and parts of the roof have started to fall off. Um, and, and they had to get a comment from um, somebody involved with the Saddle Dome who said that there is no structural concern that's all he said it's like (laughs) reading between the lines is there's no structural concern yet (laughs) this reminds Um, me of victoria square did victoria square not have (laughs) the apartments they were like oh those apartments are absolutely fine then a week later they were falling down (laughs) Uh, 1983 it was built sorry it was a wee wee bit uh, early um but they have um, have been told that they will need to instigate a series of repairs before to prevent it worsening or failing, um, which is a terrifying idea considering it's the planned home for the Calgary Flames this season um, in an arena that they need to do serious construction work. Hang on, uh, I'll uh, just do some work here for the Calgary Flames. Stay with me, just looking up. Um, college teams <laughs> that they can go and use their arena uh, yeah. 
two yeah. two thousand seater or below, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's follow the the Arizona Coyotes uh, business method here. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, it is. Have you seen the, how much it's going to cost to fix it? So the, well, the the, cha- the chats I've seen is that um, the I think the figures in this piece are actually that they're looking at spending five hundred and fifty million to build a new arena, um, right. not not the not the repair bill. Um, I, I think what they're looking at is that there would be a new, new arena, a yes. new saddle dome, uh, effectively. If they were gonna do that, guys, I'll be honest, I'd pretty much like them to rebuild a slightly bigger saddle dome because it's probably one of the nicest looking arenas i know it, it gets slated outside, um, yeah. it's a it's a really weird shape of and there must be a design reason it's, for it, it in a place that it's a pringle so right yeah it looks like a pringle to be honest there's, <laughs> a, there's a business waiting to sponsor a new building if it's yeah. not like that the calgary pringles <laughs> Once you pop, you can't stop. Something like that. <laughs> um, a lot happens yeah, so... in the frozen north. <laughs> it was a, a random piece that uh, I came across and thought I just had to share. Um, so I will... It's you, the blue one, John, is that correct? Which one would you like to start with? Uh, you pick. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay... I'm going to stay over in North America at the minute because I think... Not so much to chat about this, guys, but I think it's an important one to um, to talk about is the fact that uh, Lunk is back in the NHL. Mm. Um, Henrik Lundqvist is yeah, returning, cool. uh, unfortunately, not on the ice, um, but he's <laughs> heading home. He's heading back to New York um, and he'll be working in Madison Square Gardens for the Rangers, uh, but also uh, in a wider role with uh, MSG Entertainment and MSG Sports. Um so the the oldest rink in the NHL, by the way. Yep. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> sidebar from Dave there. Um, so he'll he'll be working on the sports brand. He'll be looking at corporate sponsorship. He'll be looking at outreach and charity work that uh, MSG, the Rangers. Um, I would also imagine the. Uh, clearly, I'm not a basketball fan, Knicks. but the whatever the the Knicks is it that play Knicks, out there? Yeah. Um, is it the Knicks or the Nets? So I, be one of them. Probably um, just in- or actually, it could be both. Is there? Does MSG host two teams? Okay. Um, but either either way, who cares? Um, so they are. Um, yeah, sorry, my computer started talking to me. I really hope nobody else heard that. But all I could hear was, all I could hear was my computer talking to me in my ears, and I completely lost the run of what I was saying. Lunk is back. He's in New York. He's working for MSG. There we go. Let's move on. Thank you very much, Siri. Well, he is um, Mr. The new, Mr. Rangers, New York Knicks. So. New York Knicks. New York Knicks. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I was right. Uh, <laughs> Lunkus being back there, it just makes so much logical sense because he is just the face. He was the face of that franchise, and he has had um, he's such a big impact in New York. I'm sure um, anybody who even in the in the city that isn't even an NHL fan probably knows who he is. Um, and I yep. think it's a logical choice. Um, I think it'll be a if crack. you could have any Giants player back like this doing that sort of role, doing that sort of role. Steve Thornton, he's already doing it. Oh, that's, that's fair. 
<laughs> as soon as I was asking the questions, like, yeah, I think anyway, it doesn't matter. So, George Awada, he's back doing uh, assistant coach. <laughs> yeah, true. Yep. Very true. Very true. Um, but that's By the way, the thing, isn't it? Did you see him on the bench during the CHL game? Only a couple of little, little a, clips of him. He's still of a monster of a man. He's huge standing beside Kiefer. Like, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, what there's a saying about muscle doesn't leave or something. Muscle memory. I can't remember what it is. Um, it'll come back to me, and I'm sure it bears absolutely. I'm such a gym goer. I'm so muscly. I don't even know the sayings. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the saying. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, it's it's good to you can see it across all levels of the sport that these guys who become so entrenched in a franchise um, and I, are identified as a franchise guy can almost rely on a life after their playing career. Um, so we we've seen it multiple times in the NHL um, with a whole host of different people. Um, we're seeing well, way it back was now. Gordy High. When he was yeah. in um, uh, uh, Detroit, was what head of corporate relations or something daft, um, yep. just to keep him there. <laughs> and then he went and left anyway. <laughs> yep. You're seeing it more recently with Lunk, and you see it in the Elite League. Um, some teams, you, you don't have to look too far to see that happening. Um, on the Giants, you've got Adam Keefe, you've got Rob Stewart, uh, you now have George Wada. Uh, had Kalman before that. Kelman, yeah. You've had Todd Kelman. Um, and you're starting to see it now um, with coaches uh, being drawn from former playing staff. Uh, Cardiff Devils, for example, uh, bringing in a, a full-time bench coach from what was their assistant player coach um, and has now stepped up behind the bench and looks to be doing a very, very good job so far. Uh, again, Todd Kelman taking his experience, not franchise guy in Cardiff by any means, but he's taken that, he's gone across to Cardiff, and I think Probably now we're getting to the stage where he can be considered more a Cardiff Devils franchise guy. Now, he never played for them, but he's now in that position that he is probably Mr. Cardiff at this point. Unless it's a, a final that uh, the Giants are playing against uh, anyone but Cardiff, and then he's probably Mr. Belfast again. <laughs> um, I'm going to then bring it across to another story, guys. Um, and we are heading back to Canada. And we are looking at Montreal. Uh, a couple of stories came out of Montreal uh, this week. The first was the announcement of the new captain for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they named Nick Suzuki as the youngest captain in Canadiens history. 23 years old, guys, and leading one of the most storied history teams in the National Hockey League. What do you say about that, Aaron? Absolutely well done to him. Like, like we're all for the pod for the viewers that are listening to us rather than watching us. Dave and I are just sitting here shaking our heads in absolute like this disbelief, uh, but it's... also in absolute awe. To be yeah. fair, as well, uh, twenty three years old. That's just. Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do for my life at 23. Never mind captain no, of the team. I don't, I don't know what I want to do with my life now. <laughs> so what I want to bring up with this is it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, Suzuki made his NHL debut with the Habs in the 2019-20 season, uh, which, as we all know, became curtailed. 
Um, he has posted 209 career NHL games. That's not a lot to bring. A ca- Obviously, 23 years old. He is young. He's not going to have a lot of games. But just over 200 games. And he's named as your franchise captain. Dave, is this... What is this here? Is this a... Is this a stunt for the fans? Is this uh, an actual considered move by the Habs? Is he the best person for the job? Um, now, obviously, we're uh, we're not we're not Habs fans. We're not going to know the roster inside and out. But is a twenty three year old guy going to have the room? I wonder if this is a I don't want to say ploy, but a plan to have a more long term captain. Um, hoping like Shea Weber. What's how long has he been there? Four years. Oh, four years since uh, the trade, and he's now gone. He's retired. So you know what I mean. So they got him in, get captain, they retired. A couple of years. Maybe they're hoping that um, they can build. If they, by giving him the C, he'll be um, so ingrained in the team that he just won't want to go anywhere else, and that they can build the team around him as a captain. Um, and Does that hoping, work? I don't know. Sorry, Dave. Does oh, no. does this work in a, a normally, league where normally it's where the other way around? Con- <laughs> yeah, does this work in a league where contracts under the CBA can't be any more than I think it's eight years? Um, so by that point, this guy's only going to be what knocking on the door of thirty. He's still going to have a career ahead of him if he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Does he stay just because they made him the captain at that age, or is this part of their ploy? Are they, yeah. are they looking to create a franchise guy that no matter what, treat this guy right from the start? He's high-skilled. I think he's uh, 14th pick in the first round in 2018. Um, or sorry, yeah. 2017 draft he was um, by Vegas. Um, which, my right thing, was that their expansion draft? Um, 2016 or 2017 was their expansion draft. Um, but I, I, I don't know in this league. I, I can't fathom this this move for a guy so young with so little NHL experience. Granted, he's got, what did I say, 209 career NHL games. That's 209 more than I'm ever going to have, but I'm never going to be the captain of the Habs. Um, it seems like but a very, very odd move. It, yeah, I have to agree with that. It's the vibe. Like, oh, that's but, you know, he's joined the team and... He has just gelled with the team, and you know during practices he's leading, and he's showing, he's showing that he can. Like, a, like is be. there more? Is there more behind the scenes that we're just not seeing here? Again, of course, you can always look at is it a power move or whatever's going on, or is it a move to make sure that he's he's here for a career? Maybe there's more to it. Maybe he's just really good with the rest of the team, and the rest of the team look up to him. And he gives some great advice, and he makes great great plays. Could be. Uh, it's an interesting one. I'm going to move on, guys, because that wasn't the most controversial thing that came out of Montreal nope. this week. Um, so I believe at the back end of last season, we did talk about the fact that the NHL is either finally or regrettably is moving forward with its process to allow on-jersey adverts. The first team who seem to have moved forward with this are the Montreal Canadiens, who unveiled their home jersey, including their brand new sponsorship patch on the right side chest of their jersey with um, a company called RBC. 
Um, guys, I posted the link to this, and I've um, sort of thrown up the, the image uh, there for you. Um, that's that's not an NHL jersey to me. It's a bit strange, yeah. My biggest problem with it is it's the Habs. Any other team, any newer team, I mm. think I could sit okay. Uh, if that was Vegas, if that was Seattle, if that was even Nashville and Minnesota, Dave, I think I could make my peace with it. Also, I'd like to see it designed better to fit with the brand because the fact that it's a different colour and everything that makes it stand out so gaudily on that jersey. But that Feels like a rugby shirt jersey. now for some does. strange reason, well, doesn't it? Th that's, that's the other thing. The, the image they've used looks like an incredibly neat jersey. Like a yes. really fitted jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't help the image. But that patch looks horrendous on that jersey. That storied history on that jersey that that logo represents that patch being on there looks wrong that looks like a one-off charity game nhl jersey uh and what they've actually done is create something that actually looks worse than the sheffield steelers advertising jerseys uh, in my opinion like i would it, it rather it see almost it looks covered. like a, yeah it looks like a oh flip we forgot to put some advertisement right here, Granny, sew something onto this, would you? <laughs> yeah. in, in my opinion, what they should have done is went with something, even if it was the same patch, but stuck it on the back, like between the shoulder blades or something above the, above the name. And then that way it's not on everyone's, because it's obviously going to shock everybody. Um, but it, it, and it, it was going to happen. It was always going to happen um, because yeah. of the, the, rising in, uh, the rising in salaries. And there is a fall in some of the seat numbers in some of the regions in the NHL so they need to recoup the money somewhere else one thing that the Royal Bank of Canada did is they will be donating $20 for every jersey purchase to the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation um, oh, very good. so there is something really positive coming out of that being on the jersey as well as obviously making the Habs a lot of money yeah yeah. So you you mentioned that I, one place I, that you think that it could go. Where else? Like if it had to go somewhere on the front, don't like uh, it up there. I would maybe bottom, talk in like the bottom bottom, bottom, left, corners, bottom right, or corner corners. sleeves maybe. Yeah. yeah, up in the sleeve would work as well. Um, you know where you'd normally put like an alt logo. Um, yeah, yeah. You could throw it up there. You don't even you won't see it as much, but you will see it in things like highlights and. Yeah. Replace, which is and what you can still, sponsor you, you can still do your advertising photos where they're at the side, you know, exactly. shoulder, for the shoulder, for like, shoulder, yeah, shoulder. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it means that you're not, I know that the placement will be dictated as part of the cost and how much they're mm -hmm. given to the halves, but you know, you would think they would have maybe eased it in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sort of, uh, yeah, you know, uh, are we well, seeing you... it going to get to the point that it's going to be like? Like our own jerseys, where it'll be more like, like sponsorship football, I everywhere. I think it'll be more like football and rugby. There'll be one sponsor, um, mm -hmm. but it won't be in the sense they won't have like one big sponsor, it'll just be like one team sponsor. Um, and then that because they already have uh, every team in the league already has a one uh, like primary sponsor, and it usually goes around their logo on center ice. 
um, on the outside. Okay. It usually has something. Um, like it's for the while it's Wells Fargo. Um, goes around the the uh, center ice circle, so it's you know, it would be the, the equivalent of the you know Stena line Belfast chance. It's the same sort of idea, and the, 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 I'm assuming that whenever you see the rink, that the RBC will probably be um, on the center ice as well. Or well, funny, funny you talk about the wild, Dave. Um, if you have a look in the chat, what I've just been able to find is an image. This is breaking news from about breaking two news. weeks ago. Um, <laughs> from two weeks ago. <laughs> from two weeks ago. Um, this is the from the rookie showcase. Uh, this is a Minnesota Wild jersey uh, with an advertising patch for Tria Orthopedics, I believe. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, so, to be fair, the Habs have gone with a bank. You guys have gone with people who deal with feet. <laughs> we're, we're called the Wild for a reason, you know. It's a Wild sponsor. <laughs> you know. um, at least it's the right green. That this was my thing is that <laughs> that has been done to match the design to not st- to be there and be noticeable but not stand out and not be the most important thing on the jersey that Habs one almost looks like it's taken over the jersey because it's so I see that, step that, the rest. that RBC that blue and that is it gold or is it yellow gold sorry like that's that's going to be the RBC colours yeah. you know where the the wild one is that it's it's obviously the squares or the diamonds that are the logo. Uh, yeah, they yeah. just had they had the option to fill it in with the green. Yep. So I'm guessing so, by the by comparing the two jerseys together, are we seeing that the, that 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 area location. that yeah, that yeah, location has been spotted? This is where the the advertisement will go on every single say, NHL jersey. Is that Bateman? Um, so. I, th- I think it'll be um, part of that. It's also the owners um, will be looking to this because this is a revenue stream for the owners, um, not the certainly not the players. Um, and there may be some money that goes into the league, but let's bear in mind that every team is going to have its own sponsor. If it was a league-wide thing and we had one sponsor on all of the 32 teams' jerseys, you would say this is that would be Bateman and that would be him raking in money from a, a major sponsor um but i i would assume that this is the owners i, I don't think we can lay this one out at batman's feet unfortunately uh, as much you. as i'd love to <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, dave that's I, that's me for period two then i was about to say that anybody else anything they want us to speak or forever hold your peace nope all good awesome. here we will swiftly move on to period three when I can find the video. It's a single click, remember? Sorry, you, know what the know. Problem, <laughs> you know what the problem was? Marty's uh, numbered these. One intro, two, period, two, period one, three, period two. <laughs> period two, four, <laughs> period three. <laughs> ah. So I was sitting there, I was right to click period two again. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, uh, he's going to cut on. us like when he listens to this. <laughs> Unless John just cuts all of it out. <laughs> nope. No. Like I, just like ev- I said earlier. Stays. Like I said earlier, it's all staying in. 
Everything stays. <laughs> that is the title, well, like 100%. It's all staying there. Everything stays. <laughs> well, welcome to period three. Since John is our host today, I get the lovely joys of t- telling you all about our good old Nucky News. Nucky News. news. We're, we're going to have to find, like, is there a, is there a t- countdown timer on this on this um, stream deck that we can count it down and all say Nucky News at the same time? I think that defeats the purpose of what we do now. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Cool. Well, on that, we have a couple of stories here, but because we've just talked about jerseys, I thought we could continue on talking about jerseys. I like the banner, Dave. (laughs) Marty doesn't let me use this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's scrap the period. What else does Marty not let you use on the stream deck? Let's Let's do it. Uh... John, do you want to tell the audience what's what's on the what's on the screen right now? The screen the screen just said, "Shut up, John." Oh, come on! We're talking we're talking about jerseys here. Come on, talking about jerseys. Yes. So uh, we've just talked about jerseys. Dave, you have another story here about a new jersey. Yes. So um, yeah, while we're it's easier if I just show you. Um, let me just, yeah, I would have been good if I prepared this earlier. But okay. <laughs> come on, hurry up and blue Peter this. Here's one I could have prepared earlier. Okay, and share. Ooh. I can see a spinning nope. circle. <laughs> oh, yep. Oh, there we go. Okay. Wow. So now it's a little tech. The this is Jersey. Sick. <laughs> so the <laughs> so the San Jose Sharks Blink, have Blink unveiled you would their have season Jersey. How that happened? Blink and you'll have missed. It, it was so seamless. <laughs> So seamless. Dave, Dave, with almost no time or effort, just threw up this uh, this shared screen if you're watching the YouTube version. Uh, Unfortunately, there was a lot of dead air if you're listening to the audio podcast. I'm very sorry about that. So, San Jose Sharks have unveiled their their new jersey, which to the untrained eye is a bit plain uh, and a bit dull. Um, and to be fair, I thought the same. I was like, oh, I don't know if I really like that or not. Um, and they also revealed a video, which I'm going to mute. Ooh. If you yeah, pay attention. Otherwise, we're going to get banned on YouTube. Right. It won't be the quality because it's coming through my chair. But if you look at the colored sense on the jersey, and it throws, amazing. <laughs> They, there you go. They're not solid. They're titled. They're like rippled. Uh, they look like war. This they, might be the most door fourteen feature that we've ever done. Hundred percent. What? What so, looks like water? The, the 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 bands on the arms and the bottom and on the around the, the shorts them just being plain. They're rippled. Uh, with like uh, beaded. Oh, so they are right. Um, yes, you do not yeah, get that better. from the picture. You don't. You do not get no. that from the picture. Either. I That's think nice. it adds so much more to the jersey, and um, then it had without it. 
Um, and I think it makes it goes, it changes it from being just a plain old uh, hockey jersey to something a bit special, a bit like what the Giants have done with the um, the Giants Causeway print and the mm-hmm, Devils mm-hmm. did with the Cardiff fade. But they have taken it that wee bit further and actually embossed something into their jersey to add quality, um, to make it a bit different from everybody else's without just being, oh, we'll throw in a weird color or we'll throw in this. Because they're at their, you know, San Jose's color is that really blue teal, um, and it's a big part of their identity. Um, it's in their logo and, and everything. Um, and it also ties into, um, obviously, because they're the sharks, the sea, and having that whole, because even their alt logo is the fin in the water and all. Um, I think it's uh, some real you know, intelligent thinking went into that one, rather than just going, oh, the same old colors, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. I like it. I like it. But. It's gonna look awful as soon as an advertising patch goes on it. <laughs> I'm not gonna get color. A pa- a, a advertisement's gonna match that color. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, there you go. I, I, I thought don't that know. Was like, these, the, I don't, I don't get it when they try to redo all of these sort of. Are they calling it a heritage jersey? Like I've seen a few teams have been coming out with like heritage jerseys and going back to the roots and everything. And um, like I think that even this story talks about um, the sharks going back to the digging into their roots, um, mm. where basically they've just embraced the teal. Like you haven't, you've never not embraced the teal San Jose. Like, let's be perfectly honest. It might be a nice little design feature, and that's that's all fine. Like we've gone through periods in Belfast where our jerseys were trash. Like their yeah. the design aesthetic that went into our jersey was horrendous. The back end of using our old logo, it was starting to get really really bad. Like the the quality, some of the, the colors, print quality. Well, yeah, exactly. The print it, quality, the colors, everything was just starting to get away from them. And that's fine. We could say now with our rebrand that we've gone back and re-embraced the teal because somebody actually looked at our color palette and realized that we weren't teal anymore. Um, yeah. This one, it, it, I don't know. It, they're businesses, don't get me wrong. Jerseys exist to identify a team and to sell jerseys to fans. Um, doesn't matter what team you are, whether it's NHL, whether it's Elite League, or whether it's... Um, EIHA, I, I don't care who it is, you're you're designing these jerseys to make money. Put some thought and effort into it though, please. There it seems to be that they, all it's, the they NHL still, jerseys... they're doing that they're they're doing that callback, but they're still putting a modern well, a modernish spin on it by doing some sort of nice embossing and stuff like that. So it's keeping with the the faith of the the, the style of the, the jerseys, but putting a, a newer spin on it. I I, I quite like it. I quite like it too. Yeah, it's, I thought it was good it's it's okay. I, I don't mind the design and everything. It's totally fine. That those elements are fine. What I what rubs up against me more of that is that they're saying that they're going back to the roots and they're evolving and all the rest of it. On, quite honestly, if you put that up and didn't tell me it was a New Jersey and put it up against a San Jose jersey from three seasons ago, I probably couldn't tell you that it was new or it was this revolutionary thing in their brand because um, <laughs> it it doesn't. And that's coming from a fan of a team who has gone through a, a limited rebranding over the last two years. Um, the Giants have gone through a, a, an element of rebranding where we've gone to this logo uh, mm. as opposed to the old cartoon fin. 
that's an evolution. The the thought process was laid out in front of the fans. It was the the organization growing up. It was moving on to the next phase of being a pro sports team. This is is it too subtle for money? Yes, I think it's, it's, it's what my thing is. So for as you're saying there, when we saw the picture, everyone went right. It's a, it's it's their normal jersey, but as Dave had to play the video and go here, no, really, really look, <laughs> look, it's embossed. <laughs> Where if you have he, to, Dave... if you, yeah, if you have to explain it to that detail, you haven't mm. done it right. Well, there's also Giants, the Giants jersey that has the uh, Causeway print on it. Like that's you, you can tell, you can straight off tell from yeah, afar from that, the picture that it that that's made what sense. It is. So I. I have a so they started that with the warm up jerseys. They started that with the warm up jerseys about four or five seasons ago. Now I have a Matt Toe warm up jersey that has that the the block hexagonal um, work that was done on it. That was making a statement. That was changing things. That was when things were going pretty well, and then it started to really suffer, and the quality started to go down. But now look where we are with with this stuff. Now this is. This is lovely. This is sexy. This is this is fantastic branding. These are brilliant jerseys. Um, in fact, Dave, you have an even better one because you have the, the stitched version, which is possibly the sexiest, possibly the sexiest jersey the Giants have ever put out. The, um, I, the, I have to say the challenge, uh, the challenge cup uh, game issue jersey they got is is phenomenal. It's probably one of the best design jerseys that I own, um, or close to one of the best design jerseys. A few that I would say. Her nostalgia tinted glasses would pull me towards it, but um, yeah, the, the, the quality, the um, the finish, and everything um, is just fantastic. And even the presentation, like whenever they were giving it to me, um, I didn't get it in like a plastic bag. It came in a proper embossed giant's box with mm. tissue paper and all, and like it was a it was a sort of a proper handover. You know, uh, it was a good job. Like, Almost one like, thing, like the, when you lift up your Apple phone, or you you, you get yeah, your, the same sort of thing. That, yeah, that experience, yeah. Yeah. One one thing I would say about the San Jose thing is that. <laughs> John's camera. It's, <laughs> I'm assuming, oh, it's I'm assuming sorry. John's okay. His camera has just fallen. Or there was an earthquake. I am. I am moving to. It's because we were talking about how good Apple was for the first time. You know. <laughs> it just shut. I'm going to be honest. No, I've had to move to my backup camera. The camera itself is working absolutely fine. The only way I could set this up properly was to put it on my gimbal. The battery has clearly just given out on the gimbal, and it's, <laughs> my phone is just dangling over there. So, apologies to anyone who's watching. I've gone from really good, high quality to webcam. So, yeah, that was that was funny. Was um, yeah. So, back to my point. Um, the the San Jose Sharks have the the thing that they have that I think the Giants always missed, and all the teams in the Elite League. Is that the San Jose Sharks don't expect, and a lot of the Lili, or the NHL teams are the same. They do not expect their fans to buy a jersey every year. They want them to be able to buy one jersey, and then have it for two or three years, four years, because they don't change. Um, mm. The best example of that was the my Minnesota Wild, my red Minnesota Wild jersey. That was their same jersey for I think nine years, and they didn't change it. Like there was no wow. changes to. Um, at all 
and they only changed it when it, the whenever they done a, their ten year anniversary with the remember the Minnesota the mm-hmm. was written on it. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's the then they that was them then changing and going more with the green and now they've been stuck they've stuck now with the same green jersey since Ali does, and they haven't changed it. They're not planning on changing it. And that's to do it's all to do with the the um they don't because they're so dear. You know, for nearly two hundred dollars, some of them, you know, and they want you to buy one and you know stick with it. I but they it. want yeah. they want you to buy one. For example, if like if this one here looks very similar, if they're all in the, the arena, it'll just look like they've all got the same jersey. But whenever you do buy one, they want it to be different enough that you know it's new, but not different enough that everybody else knows that you ha- they have to go out and buy a new jersey. Oh, look, I mean that that branding question. We we talked about this back when Glasgow rebranded, and look, we 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 walked away from that argument because the Giants then did it again uh, themselves. Like we we absolutely ripped into Glasgow because they changed logo, they changed identity, um, they effectively made it look like they changed the city that they were playing in. Um, from a little outskirts uh, place uh, somewhere out to the west of Glasgow to saying that they're in Glasgow when they're clearly lying, they're in a different council area. The Giants then did it. And look, yes, there is an element of that. Dave, like you're saying, you can go a a number of years, you can go a decade in the NHL. And if you bought a jersey 10 years ago and still wear it to the games, you generally won't look any different to anyone in the crowd who's wearing that season's jersey unless there's been a massive change. Um, like, the the only thing that would possibly do that is if you were everyone was out buying home jerseys and then they did the colour swap, um, mm-hmm. with yeah. white no longer being the home and colour being your away. Um, the, that whole thing, that, that does have a, a massive element of when your arena's full, you can do things like uh, like the Giants have done, like a teal rush. You can do that because you can. most of your fans will have that home jersey. But if you change identity all the time, then you start losing something. If you change design too often, something changes. But this, the NHL, what that proves is quality will out. So yeah. quality design. And this, again, comes back to what we are talking about before with these advertising blocks now being on the jersey. That's something that's going to be missing from NHL arenas now as people buy jerseys. We don't know how long these sponsorship deals are. Is it just for a year? And then does it change? So are you now going to be able to identify all these different little colour blocks on people's jerseys all around NHL arenas? Um, as if you were looking at the Sheffield Steelers yet again with like seizure-inducing different colours of jerseys <laughs> and advertising all over the arena, everywhere. Do you think there's a rush right now for people to go out and buy the jerseys as they are now, without sponsorship, I would. I would say on. there's a bigger rush on Chinese jerseys. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, be, I'm being totally honest. If you're like me and you've got your Nashville Predators jersey, um, <laughs> if if they start to mess, if they start to mess with the brands too much, that's exactly what'll happen. Sports gear is already expensive, and people are strapped for cash. And if you're paying for a season ticket, even if it's a late league if you're paying for a season ticket that's three four five hundred pound more if you've got a family ticket you put on top of that an expensive jersey as well but if you've got the option to buy it cheap you'll buy it cheap as long as it looks the part i think that's my chinese jersey there good for podcasting uh, this, as i point over my shoulder <laughs> this is uh this is this is a legit uh, i i, I have one. i do have a legit yes 
I have one proper Chinese jersey, and it was the worst buy. That that's uh, class. I love that jersey. Oh. Um, it was the worst buy that I ever got. It was meant to be the wild white with the black ties, um, and it came out and it didn't look anything like the jersey. Um, it was just like some kid that sort of had only ever seen a crayon drawing of the jersey and then had to make it. You know, it was, and they got the wrong, they got the wrong name on the back and they got the wrong number. So they got a name of a wild player, but they put it. It was a number fourteen. So that should have been Ericsson Eck, and they put somebody else on. But they had the fourteen, so it was like you know the whole, you know, um, getting uh, Wayne Gretzky with ninety-eight on it, you know. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was uh, a bit random for you. Very good. Well, that was a good old talk about jerseys. <laughs> so you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it's our our, our favourite topic to talk about on this podcast, would you? Not at all, not at all. But we will, we will move on. Uh, we actually only have the two, two left or two stories left um, that were put in by good old Marty. So thanks very much for this. One of them, I'm going to start off with, um, has its. Oh, what are you showing us here? Ooh, Ooh very nice. <laughs> for anyone not Boston? watching, that's a for anyone not watching, that's a Boston Bruins number twenty-two Thornton sure. jersey signed. Yeah. From a non-Boston fan, don't ask me why I have it. What, I don't know. Why, why do you? When did you get that? I have no idea. I bought it sometime when it was obviously stocious. <laughs> <laughs> did you buy that from Oxo? No, that's actually one of the few that I hadn't bought from Oxo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, going on with the stories. Fortunately, this is not uh, containing uh, jerseys, but it does have echoes of a Jamaican bobsleigh team. So it does. Um, based uh, based on everyone, when I, if anyone says Jamaican bobsleigh team, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We're talking about the good classic 1993 film Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting a Disney film based on this particular story out in the next few years. Um, has anyone got to read this particular article yet? Before I go into it. Uh, I've read bits and pieces of it, so this is um, the. If you want me just to rattle on and give a a, a basic blurb, sure. On, if you want to, uh, go for the it. Story. Um, so this is the story of the Stanley Penguins, the uh, hockey team based in the Falkland Islands, who will be competing at the um, Amerigal Lantam Cup, which starts in Miami on Thursday. However, they will be competing having not stepped foot on the ice. Uh, because there is no facility in the Falkland Islands, they do all of their training on wheels, on rollerblades. Um, so it's so not the ice, the ice as in that rink. It's they've never stepped on ice. Pretty much. Yep. Um, so hence the um, the comparisons to the Cool Runnings guys who never competed on ice until they got to the Winter Olympics. Um, the rest of the time, they were basically pushing a, a bobsleigh on wheels down a hill um, to get ready for that competition. Um, these guys have been uh, practicing on wheels to go out on the ice. Um, if anyone who's listening, as unlikely as it is, happens to be in Miami and uh, can film these guys going on the ice for the first time, please do, because I'd pay yeah. good money to see what happens when they hit the ice for the first time. That Love said, enough taking the mick. I yeah, was about exactly. to say, talk about the jersey. <laughs> yep, enough, enough taking the mick. 
the jerseys are absolutely fantastic. Um, they are, I want to say, Gintu penguins that they've used because that that is the the penguin that you get in the Falkland Islands. Um, oh, so that's, that's, that's why. Yep, that's why they've chosen it. It's either the Gintu or it's the Rock Hopper. Find the, the point out the guy who works in natural sciences here. Um, it's I was one just going to say it's the penguins with massive eyebrows. It's the one from Happy Feet. <laughs> Happy Feet, that's the movie. It's, it's, it's the one it's the one Robin Williams uh, voices in Happy Feet. <laughs> that's yeah. what I know it. You can't have to tell that your kids are slightly older than mine. Uh, slightly. I, I haven't got I haven't got yeah. that I haven't got that far yet. When you're yeah, watching I was on the feet. I was uh, was Happy Feet before Theo came along, I've got to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Feet Hour with uh, Door 14 Hockey. Yeah. But that is uh, a lot no, that's best... a really nice jersey. It's a really nice jersey and uh, absolute best of luck uh, to the guys sad, whenever yeah. they hit the ice. Uh, I believe they will be on the ice probably anytime now. We are recording on Thursday, um, so they will have played their first game uh, whenever you are listening. So if you're interested at all, uh, maybe go and check out online and see if you can find out how they did. Uh, we will try to remember to check how they've done and come back on the next podcast. If we don't, do that. don't blame us. We we don't do continuity here. <laughs> we just need to all now make next the next podcast script and the, the document and put that in there straight away, straight after this pod. That's what we're going to oh, do. Oh, you can Absolutely. watch it live? What? Sorry, I'm, just, I'm on their website, so you can watch them. So their first game is uh, um, against the Caribbean. And you can watch it live. What time? It says 5 p.m., but I'm assuming that's 5 p.m. in Miami. It's going to be like 2 a.m. Miami. Um, but yeah, it's just a. It's, it's going to be 2 a.m., and I have a, a 12 and a half week old baby. That's not happening. <laughs> well, you or will no, be awake or anyway, anyway, is what you're yeah, saying. You're, you're going to be, be honest. awake anyway, so you might as well watch it. <laughs> I'll be honest. Isla sleeps like an absolute angel. Ah. She'll, she'll go to bed at 11 and up at 5. This is now the parenting hour with uh, Door 14 Hockey. <laughs> move us move us on, Aaron. Move us on. Move us on. So this really, I don't think this is a story. I think this is a hint from Marty. I think it is. So Marty has um, uploaded a link to a home in our Alberta. It's only, it's only $3.8 million. So I think he, does he know that we're about to get a sponsorship deal that I don't know about? Um, sure, by the time you do the exchange rate, that's only what thirty quid or something. Surely, <laughs> I wish. Um, so, <laughs> and the tagline is uh, "Shared Door Fourteen uh, Winter Home." So he thinks that uh, the Door Fourteen family, all of us, are going to go to Alberta um, in America for the winter to this nearly further, four further further north, mate. <laughs> Canada. What did I say? America. Oh, uh, t- 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 uh, sorry. Um, for, so, for sorry, North eight. America. North America. No. It's the same continent. Oh, sorry. <laughs> in, Did, in, uh, uh, has anybody seen the it's a random thing, but like the shower? Well, first, before we get to the shower, let's explain why Marty shared it. So it is it's four million, but it includes an ice hockey rink, a pool, and seven. Uh, bedrooms. I think that Marty probably wanted us to talk and about a having a home with and a cinema. 
Probably one of those talk about having a home with an ice hockey rink rather than look at this shower and this and see Have a look at can it. We, like... Can we actually can we actually just talk about one thing that I've noticed in these photos? So not only is this house in Alberta, um, it's obviously we have the, the Battle of Alberta, which is between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. This house is in Calgary, or clearly close to Calgary. Has anyone noticed the one thing uh, that's slightly out of place for a, a house in Calgary and they clearly know which way the wind is blowing with the saddle dome, as we discussed earlier on? I there is a lovely weird. there is a lovely oiler's uh, yeah. blanket or towel over somebody's lovely uh, PC gaming uh, oh, chair yeah. in their bedroom. Uh, so clearly, clearly, uh, Calgary have uh, lost the Battle of Alberta in this home. <laughs> it's absolutely stunning. Oh, um, there's a bar. There's everything. Yeah, there's a pool table. If it's, your, and... if it's your home, you have to stock it. It, it, it it's not like it's just you Aye, buy the house you... and there's a guy standing there going to serve you drinks. If you can afford to pay one point eight million, I'm sure you can afford to have a guy stand there and serve you drinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 1.8 it's 3.8 yeah so you can have 3.8 barman <laughs> yeah so keep an eye out for the podcasts um in the winter time because apparently based on what marty is sharing here uh we are going to be doing it from canada there's a bon jovi and... gold record in the um <laughs> cinema what the hell <laughs> this is worse Sorry, than party, my... pal you're, you're looking at random. You're looking at the random things. All I'm saying is, our next podcast, once Marty buys this place for us, is uh, is definitely coming from the sauna. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a sauna. There's a sauna. There's Dutch oven. I, I Did think you I just think say I've got Dutch oven. Pizza. No, pizza. With you. pizza. Okay. Jesus. It's like that's that's something else. <laughs> Uh, right, I'm moving us on. We're moving on to <laughs> to the stars segment. Uh, <laughs> even though I think this is probably going to be the shortest stars. Do we have a title slide for the stars, Dave? Hit it, Dave. Uh, do I have a title slide for the stars, um, <laughs> Marty? We really I need you. Do. I don't think we do. Do we? I genuinely don't think we've ever used that before. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, please come back. I can't hack this hosting thing anymore. Um, John, do you want to take the good old stars? I think it's probably going to be the shortest stars ever. Um, yeah, I think, I think it we're will all be. in agreement. Um, but go for it. Look, we we've had we've had a couple where we've all agreed. Um, certainly the last episode, we all 100% agreed that our star was Ethan McLean. Um, based on his outstanding performance as number 14 for the Belfast Giants. And yet again, guys, we we are sticking with our teal tinted spectacles. Marty got in there first um, on the running order before he went off on his holidays. Uh, and I've just uh, jumped on his coattails and absolutely seconded it. We talked about it earlier on, uh, given his outstanding performance between the pipes for the Belfast Giants in CHL action uh, on Sunday, we are clearly going to go with our netminder, Peyton Jones. Uh, guys, absolutely I don't beast. know if we need to... 
yeah, I don't know that we need to discuss it anymore. I think we've used all the superlatives uh, before we got stuck in uh, to the podcast. And then when we were chatting about the CHL in period one, um, absolutely stood in his head and is by any means the the worthy recipient of the Door 14 star this time. Um, what I will say sure is an been... honourable mention for me would go to Kevin Reed. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Peyton Jones has been sitting up waiting to find out if he's our star or not. So he can, sure he can sleep peacefully now. Peyton breath. <laughs> he absolutely has. Um, and uh, once again, I'm going to put Marty forward that uh, at the next game, I'm sure that Marty will take that uh, that star down to the locker room and we'll be sure to get the, the photo <laughs> with Peyton Jones with the door 14 star. Uh, one of these hashtag... days we're going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, one of these days. One of these days. One of but... these days. How, is um, anyone else like super excited to see how like if that's how he played on that game, like the rest of the season, like if that's if that's the skill that we're gonna we're gonna see, I'm just super excited. I'm looking forward to seeing how he fare. He obviously fares really well against uh, or fared really well against um, the sort of opposition that we saw in that Trenek, um side, which had. NHL, KHL, international experience, um, they were stacked. Mm -hmm. Then you put them up against the likes of, well, this weekend, the Five Flyers. Um, how how does he compete against them? I, they're, they're I, I do think they're... we're looking... Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do genuinely do you think, there's a, think... Is there a mentality thing there? That, like we, the one thing we talked about earlier was that um, we loved that... the. It, he yes, Jones was amazing, stood on his head and saved a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of goals. But also the defense, as you say, rain as well. You know, just they were there constantly because they were they were on edge. They knew that they were pay playing that caliber yeah. uh, of team. Are you worried? Are you bringing up the Flyers because are you worried that they're going to go? Mm, it's Flyers. No, 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 no. Look, I was saying that tongue in cheek. Um, look, I take nothing. He's away oh, again. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Hang on, Marty's camera never, never falls. <laughs> Marty's not using a back. Do you know what? Never mind this. Let's, let's just let. Hang on, bear with me. Let's just go back to the horrible, horrible FaceTime camera. There we go. Right, it's terrible. The mic's right in front of me because uh, I'm set up for the other camera. It doesn't matter. We're just going to bleach on here. Um, right. The I said the flyers. It was tongue in cheek. Um, because the sure, Five Flyers are not, are not CHL. Like, they're not. But that's not to be disparaging of Elite League. What I think uh, we have in Peyton Jones is another netminder of the quality of Tyler Beskarwani. Um I think we have a netminder of the quality of Shane Owen. Um, but let's not forget, Five Flyers have a netminder the quality of Shane Owen because they have Shane Owen. What they don't have is the rest of the team. And let's yeah. not make any... You're 100% right, Aaron. That performance in the CHL was uh, a full team performance. It was uh, it was put together, a fully put together uh, game, 65 minutes plus shootout from up and down the roster. But again, this team that stacked and did so well against Trenek is coming up against Five Flyers. Um, I would not be surprised to see two shutouts over this weekend, if I'm being totally honest, because I, mm. I don't think the Flyers, the Flyers 
may be better than they've been. I don't know because, to be honest, I haven't paid any attention, even though they're just 15 minutes down the road. Um, but they're certainly not CHL quality teams. That's just the reality of it. So it will be interesting. Uh, not enough for me to put any money on two shutouts, though. Sorry. <laughs> well, one thing that you, that is always interesting when it comes to quality netminding is some quality netminders struggle when they're not getting a lot of shots and when they're not getting you know 30 shots a night um on them you know they're getting 20 16 you know that's you know that's the number per period uh drops through the floor and then you can end up with a cold goalie taking you know trying to see it make a couple of saves and then that can go go south quick so it'll be interesting to see Yep, no, 100%. We, me and Marty were actually talking about this on the way out of the uh, the CHL, and it was, um, you can't, you can also not sustain that level of compete over the full 50 whatever games it is mm-hmm. um, in the Elite League that we did in that CHL, because just physically will just drain the life out of you, and you wouldn't have the uh, the resources of those bigger clubs you know, extra bodies sitting at ready in the wings to fill spots. Um, so, yeah, no, I think to take into consideration. Yep, fair. Definitely. Fair. Guys, um, we are on to uh, overtime. Dave, do we have hmm. an overtime slide? No. no. Ah. Oh, no, we do. podcast is an absolute cluster um i think it's really really fun (laughs) it's because it goes um so it ends period number four period three number six the star then number five six then five don't i don't know why the penalty box and then back up to seven it's because the penalty box is used in multiple ones anyway this is more behind the scenes stuff that we don't need to get into guys we're in overtime um there's only one thing that uh, I've thrown into overtime this time around. And uh, all uh, I want to do is to wish a belated now, but based on our recording, I want to wish a happy birthday to the one and only Belfast Giants retired number 14, Ethan McLean, who yesterday turned 14. So happy birthday, Ethan. We hope you had, we hope you had a fantastic day. um, And from, everything that we've seen online it looks like you did um happy birthday ethan um we're all looking forward to seeing you in the arena the next time i know i am um i'll be back at the start of october i'll be there for the last chl game i'm looking forward to seeing you there but happy birthday guys does anyone else have anything else for this podcast no all good here buddy all good well, that was an eventful podcast. We um, got there. You, we got to the end. We polished. got there. We got there. Polished. We got there. <laughs> you, can't, you can only polish a turd so much. Um, <laughs> guys, uh, all that's left for me to say is um, if you want to get in touch with us at all with anything that uh, we've talked about in this podcast um, or anything that you want to put in a future podcast, anything you think that we need to know about, you can catch us on all of our socials, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, 
we are on TikTok. We've got one video on TikTok, but we literally made it just so that nobody else could take the name because people are clamoring for that door 14 username. Um, I'm telling you. you. You'll find us at door14hockey on all those uh, platforms. And you can check out all of our old podcasts, our back catalogue, uh, and you can check out all the links and stories to everything that we chatted about on this episode on door14hockey.com. Uh, guys, that's it for another week. I've been John. I'm Dave. I'm Aaron. And as Marty says, have a week.